I'm Rechard van der Berg. And I'm Duncan McLeod. This is Talk Central, episode 204, for the weekend starting 19 January 2018. Talk Central is brought to you by Tech Central, real technology journalism. On Talk Central this week, Michael Jordan is getting back into banking. Also this week, Cell C is pursuing acquisitions, Bitcoin crashes, and the SABC looks set to get a new COO. It's hot outside, it's hot inside, and the tech news is hot too. Let's do it. That wasn't so cheesy. Well, welcome to the show. How's it, Rechot? How's it, Duncan? Good, thanks. Hot as hell today. No rain. It's starting to look like Cape Town up here. Yeah, yeah at least we still have some water. At least we still have water, yes. I mean, it's, it's getting bad on there, and I think, yeah, we have to take a moment to just uh, sympathize with these guys, because 90 days or something until they reach no more water, and apparently the Cape Towns just aren't using it sparingly, yeah. so good luck, guys. Yeah, well, you were just telling me before we started recording that you're going down there next week, so I suggest you have a proper shower before you leave. Yeah, I'm taking some water down myself that I use. <laughs> take tilly, a, tilly today. Take a Jojo tank into the, into the bulk cargo. <laughs> no, actually, just, I, I just shower with sparkling water. I find that's quite, quite a thing these days. Oh, yeah, you can drink it at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Cape Town is, uh, is potentially in all sorts of trouble, isn't mm. it? I mean, they run out of water, and, and uh, then you've got disease outbreaks, you've got... Well, basic sanitation can't work, fun- can't function properly, obviously, you know. Business, business can't function. Business, yeah, businesses can't work. How many places will have to close because they yeah. don't have water? Yeah. Restaurants. Yeah, I know. It's, um, and manufacturing, too. I mean, how many food producers down there? Mm. The farmers. Mm. I don't even want to think what's going to happen to all the breweries. I mean, yeah. you know, beer is water, essentially. Yeah, well, there'll be a lo- no doubt be a long convoy of uh, SAB trucks on the N1 down to Cape Town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, they're going to make a plan. Yes. Can't stop the castle. Yeah, no, if you can't drink water, you may as well drink beer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can shower in beer, too. <laughs> Might be a bit in beer, that could be good. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's, uh, let's get into our show and let's do, let's do our quiz. You want to do the first question? Certainly, right? the first question. Former FNB executives Michael Yodan and Yatin Narsai are, being, uh, are behind a new digital bank. What is the bank called? And for a bonus point, when will it be launched? We'll talk about that in a moment. Chinese consumer electronics company TCL is ramping up its focus on South Africa. Name two of the company's smartphone brands. Third question. Which tech savvy individual was fired this week as finance MSMC in the city of Johannesburg by Mayor Herman Mashaba? What looks set to be, sorry, I beg your pardon, who looks set to be appointed as the new chief operating officer of the SABC? And the last question, who is now definitively the richest man in the world, according to Bloomberg? And he's worth one hell of a lot of money, that's for sure. Cha-ching, yes. <laughs> Clue, it's not Bill Gates. <laughs> Great, well, that's, uh, that's our uh, show this week. Um, let's, uh, let's get into the news. And uh, Michael Yordan uh, and mm, Yatin Masai, yeah. uh, ex-FMB CEO, and I think he was the head of digital banking at FMB, Yatin Masai, they are launching a new digital-only bank called Bank Zero. Mm. Not to be confused with Cape Town's Day Zero. <laughs> <laughs> um, Coincidence? <and> Maybe. <laughs> uh, so that's launching uh, later this year, Q4 to be specific. And uh, it's the first time Michael Yordan has gotten into the, directly into the banking space in competition with uh, his uh, former employer, F&B. Mm. Uh, he did tell me, I think, on the podcast that we recorded with him last year that uh, he deliberately stayed away from the banking financial services space 
um, so as to be seen not to be competing head-on with FMB. But certainly this new venture uh, is going to compete with some aspects of FMB. Mm. Now, it's being licensed as a mutual bank. Um, uh, they've received a banking license. And uh, it's going to be modeled kind of on social, long social media lines. I'm not clear exactly what that means yet. No doubt we will get more detail close to the launch. And certainly Michael Jordan is not revealing a huge amount yeah. about the project at this stage. But uh, just to quote from the press release they put out, the mutual banking concept mir- marries or mirrors rather current social media trends and benefits customers by allowing the support and creation of financial communities, it said. It also provi- provides for a capital-efficient framework, and Bank Zero will be sharing the subsequent cost benefits with its customers, both businesses and individuals. Uh, I think hmm. read into that what you what you like. Um, but uh, they're promising it's going to be a low-cost banking service. It's going to be digital only, so no branches. I like um, that. I like that idea. Yeah, uh, and they're going to compete because they are not going to have a legacy infrastructure base. Uh, mm. Which adds costs. Now that's a big problem that the legacy banks have. The big, oh, yeah. big four, oh, big, yeah. or the big five now in South Africa is they, well, so perhaps not Capitec to a much lesser extent, but certainly the big four um, have invested and continue to invest billions of rands every year on their legacy IT infrastructure. They've got mm. a huge base uh, that they they have to invest, and the cost of servicing customers uh, because of that legacy IT infrastructure is very high. Yeah. Uh, it, it runs into, in some cases, I think hundreds of rands a month, if not more. And if you can be an innovator in the space and come in with no legacy and undercut the incumbents, kind of like Capitec has done to some extent, although Capitec is also investing a lot of money in its, mm, in its IT mm. infrastructure, and I suppose at one, some point in the future will become a legacy-type bank. Yeah, for sure. But... Um, you know, he's, this is a, one of the smartest minds in the financial services industry. He caused a lot of disruption when he was in F&B. F&B. Oh, yeah. I mean, F&B changed a lot of the banking mm. landscape when it, you know, disrupted its digital platforms. Yeah. A lot of people migrated to F&B mm. because of the things that Michael Yordan and his team did there. Uh, and, yeah, it was disruptive. The smartphone app that F&B launched was uh, market-leading, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, everybody followed that. I think everybody mm. followed after that, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. they were the first yeah. to do it properly. Yeah. Uh, and they've continued to innovate in that regard. Um, so I'm, qu- I'm quite excited to see what uh, what they come up with. Me too. Um, Yatin Asai was uh, was um, very much involved at FMB when Michael Yordan was there, working on building the digital banking side of their business. So two top ex bankers here uh, launching a startup bank um, sounds pretty exciting to me. Yeah, I mean they've definitely they've definitely got a, a, a legacy of really good things behind them. Mm. Now, if I'm speculating and looking at what a digital bank in 2018 needs to be, I think, you know, strong social media, obviously, you know, a really good app. But what I'm interested in is the integration with other things. So are they going to make it easy for restaurants and businesses to now have maybe a digital-only terminal or something? Maybe it's an app on their smartphone that they, you know, like, you know, we've seen the payment portals, but Mm. are they going to disrupt that too? You know, are they going to take it like an Uber model and... You know, you know, now all of a sudden, um, uh, I, I think you're again changing the landscape. I just hope they can see it through in terms of, again, working with the other banks. But I've got high hopes. Yeah, high I'm sure hopes. these guys have got some, some interesting things up their, up their sleeve. Yeah. Because, I mean, this is a competitive space. I, I've never known so many banks to be launching at the same time. I mean, we've got Discovery launching. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of their competitor, competitors is also launching. Um, uh, there's... There's, there's several banks that have recently received licenses. There's um, Time Digital that's launching soon. Yeah. 
so the market is becoming a lot more competitive and a lot of these uh, these new guys are, are competing on the basis that they don't have this legacy to support and can therefore undercut the incumbents. Oh, yes. Um, and do so massively too because doing mm. something on a digital platform these days, yeah. you know, you can do it for next to nothing. Yeah. So the market's going to get quite exciting. Um, mm. It's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. Uh, Discovery is, is uh, I mean, they're investing an absolute fortune in, in launching the Discovery Bank. Uh, Barry Haw is heading that up. He's the guy who really, with Praveen Gordon, transformed SARS. Uh, he oh, was yeah. the head of IT, and I think he later became the chief operating officer of SARS uh, before he left there to, to join the Discovery Initiative. Before that, he was uh, chief information officer at Nedbank. Uh, and um, he was very, very senior there, and uh, I think uh, basically Richard Lobsch's right-hand man back mm. in the day. Uh, so there's some very smart minds applying themselves to, to disruptive banking in this market. Um, it's too early to say how this is all going to impact, uh, but certainly um, I think consumers are going to be much more spoiled for choice in the future than they certainly yeah. have been in the past, where basically, okay, which of the big four am I going to go for? Um, and, and perhaps Capitech has pointed the way in many respects. Mm. Um, they have disrupted the market. They've taken, they've taken a lot of market share from those big four banks. And um, yeah, now we, in effect, have the big five because Capitech is just as big yeah. as some of these guys. Now, you're a geek, Duncan. We've probably both been with our banks for two decades or more. I would no, I actually... Uh, have, you recently, have you changed? I changed to FMB about three years ago. Yeah. Okay, so I've been with my bank for since forever. So mm. my entire working career, basically. Yes. And, you know, I've never really had a need to change. But, you know, when we start talking about digital banking, it, it's an exciting concept to know that we're going to find that can have something new in a space mm. that's so old, you know. I mean, again, looking at uh, an e-commerce world, you know, if, if a bank like this will allow me to maybe transact internationally more efficiently, you know, maybe integration with PayPal, that would be fantastic. Not just a credit card, but uh, I don't know. I mean... I'm excited about it because it's for the first time in you know mm. since I've been banking. It's, it's, it's I'm keen to change because uh, you know I think it's, it's time it's, for change. It's true though. I mean the banks they very deliberately. I, I don't see it so much anymore, but maybe I'm just you know not in that demographic anymore, so I don't see it. But certainly um, when when the two of us were in our late teens or even early teens, we were targeted by the banks to become customers. Bob, remember Lock, the Bob cards? Bob cards, exactly. Yeah. That was I think that was F and B. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, APSA had something similar, or whatever it was back then. I think it was United Bank that I signed up with back oh, then. Yeah. Eventually became APSA. Um, yeah, but they, you, they locked you in early. And when you took that, out that check card or whatever it was, that, that savings card, um, back when you were a teenager, you basically didn't realize it then, but you were in effect making a, bank, a decision that's going to, this is going to be my bank for the next 20 mm, years. Mm. Um, and the banks knew that, of course. You sign up, they yeah, know it's just yeah. hard to change. And I must say, switching banks for me three, four years ago was hard. Yeah, no, it's Switching your debit orders and all that sort of thing. Um, you know, the bank promises, you know, we'll make it easier. We'll help switch your debit orders for you and that sort of thing. But in practice, you end up doing half of it yourself. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but yeah, it's, um, you're right. It, people tend to sign up with a bank account when they're young and stick with it for life. Mm, mm. Uh, so I think there's still some of that... The friction. There's a lot of friction in, in, in switching. But if these new banks like Bank Zero and others can offer a compelling value proposition that doesn't involve high bank fees, for example, yeah, and yeah. also includes very good customer service and a great app and never having to go into a branch, 
which I despise, by the way. Yeah, um, I, 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 I probably have to do it once a year now, um, if that. Mm. Um, but, uh, you know, if they can do this, a great digital experience, great customer service, low bank fees or zero bank fees if they can do it. I think they can. They, there's a market to be had here. Yeah, and also I think it's a massive opportunity for, and, and I'm sure a lot of the users they'll pick up will be the guys that just open up a second account to see what this is about. I so think so. Put mm. money into it. I mean, we've seen some apps around uh, in South Africa launched over the last year or so that allow you to save the sense that you don't spend mm. on certain things. I mean, there's a lot of cool things out there, but I never really invested in them. You know, like the money managers too. I never really invested time in them because they seem to be the various parts of the banking system. Nothing that seems integrated. Mm. I mean, my bank's got a very good money management system, but it's not as good as some of the third-party stuff that I've seen out there. Mm. Again, you know, they, they try certain things and it works, but, you know, 2018, we want top tech at our fingertips. We used to top tech and we want that for our banking as well. Yeah. Now, the last thing that I'm wondering about this, a few years ago, we interviewed some uh, a company from uh, a company called Tranwall, and they had a digital credit card uh, that was also linked to an application. And essentially what that allows you to do is manage your credit card. So you can switch it on and off, authorize it for certain transactions. So you can actually give your card to somebody and say, okay, the first 100 bucks, and then your card stopped, you can't use it. I mean, you can block the card outright. And I wonder, I mean, at the time, it was difficult to understand why the banks wouldn't take this up for some reason. I mean, they wouldn't, they wouldn't adopt this technology. It's there. You can do it in the app. You can integrate it in the app. I would love to see that in a digital bank application like this. And I really hope they're looking at that technology. Because a credit card or the, the banking card is, is still kind of this, this analog thing mm. that we have to carry around. You're right. It can be so powerful. I mean, we've got NFC and all those technologies. We'll eliminate it completely, which is fantastic. But we, we're not going to see that for a few years. Yes. But just the ability to manage your, your card. You know, why can't I not switch my card off? So if it's stolen, switch it off. Or mm. if, it's, if it's in my wallet, switch it off. So if it gets stolen, you know, I only authorize it for payments. I switch it on when I walk into the shop, which is flipping a switch. Then I can buy what I want to buy and switch it off when I leave. Yeah then I know it's secure and there's not going to be any transactions going through on it. Yeah. Makes so much sense. I hope they look at that technology. Yeah. You're right. I mean, the fact that we carry all these cards around in our pocket is so old school. I just want to pay with my phone, mm. you know. Um, and, and I think we're getting there. Um, I, I pay. I actually do pay a lot with my phone whenever I'm in a restaurant and Zapper or yeah, Snapscan, Snapscan is available. Love it. Love it I use it. Um, I, uh, when I'm at Pick and Pay now and, and some other stores, some spas, um, one or two other places I've been, engine garages. Yeah, they do the tap. It's spreading. You can just tap with your card. Apparently, you can tap with your phone as well, but I haven't been able to get it to work. The other thing with that, what I find with that is, and I love it, but you mm. kind of have to identify it yourself because it, it, it seems even the tellers don't quite understand it. Like, I tap because I see the... Yes. The thing. Now, sometimes they tell me, no, no, our systems don't work yet, and that's how you know it doesn't work. Yeah. But the guys that do work, I mean, it's... There's not enough education around it, and it's fantastic. If you just tap your card on there. I mean, yeah. I would love to try the phone. I mean, it makes so much more sense. Yeah, you have NFC yeah. in your phone. Just I'm going to try. Usually I'm, I'm at pick and pay or something, and, uh, and there's a whole queue of people behind me, so I don't want to start messing around trying to get the phone to sure, recognize sure. the NFC. But next time I'm there and there's no one else just waiting at the it. till, I'll start to fiddle a bit and just tell the cashier, I want to see if I can get this to work with my phone. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure um, there should be. But would you load your details? How would it work? Would you? I mean, just obviously NFC, do you have your banking app that would enable that? Well, I, yeah, my, my banking app, I notice if I go into the settings on my Android phone uh, and go into NFC payments, it's set up as F&B. Um, so in theory, I should just tap the phone at the point of sale and it should pay, but it doesn't work. 
Uh, uh, I don't know why that is. Um, well, certainly it didn't work the last time I tried it, which was about three months ago. So maybe it's maybe it's been been changed now. But um, I, I must do some investigation, and if I if if it's still not working, I'll speak to the bank and may, maybe report back on a future podcast. Definitely. And if we, if if any of you out there know of a place that uh, does an interesting NFC or know of anything that works with tap to pay. Mm. Let us know. Tap to pay on your phone. On your phone. Oh, sorry, yeah. I mean on your phone, not just yeah. normal tap to pay. Yeah, but tap to pay is, is awesome. I think the transaction limit's been raised now since the first of January from two hundred rand to five hundred rand industry wide. Mm. Um, but even though, so even if you go over your limit, I mean, all it does is prompt you for your PIN. So now you yes. tap it. You know, it says okay. Just put in. Oh, does it? I didn't yeah, know that. Well, that's okay. what it did to me. Yeah. Okay. So, when, when you, I, I haven't actually spent over the limit because. Uh, I, th- I thought that um, you had to insert it, so I didn't try. Well, that's good to know, so you don't even have to insert it. Well, I would assume because it was like a 200 rand odd bill, and then as it, I wondered why it asked me for a pin, and I realized, okay, it's probably over, over, I think it's like 180 rand limit or 150, from, or 200 rand even. I think it's 200. Yeah, no, it was I, was 200 that. I was over that. Yeah. It was 200. I think it's been raised to 500 now. Interesting, maybe. Hmm, I don't know. But it, yeah, maybe it's worth trying again. Which uh, I suppose you do have to remember is now like cash in your pocket. Someone with your card can go and spend 500 rand on it yeah. per day. Which is why we need the Tranwell technology so you can switch that thing off yeah. when it's not being used. Yes. Or again, a dig- waiting for, we're waiting for a digital bank that will allow us to do this all without having cards mm. would be fantastic. Yes. But internationally, I've seen some products that's, that's I mean, you, you can even get a, a generic blank card that you can program five cards onto. So you program five of your credit cards onto that one card. You just flip the switch to the one you want and mm-hmm. pay with that. Oh, that's pretty cool. And that's a bit weird too because it's, it, 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 it means you're cloning your, cloning your own card, yeah. which is not a nice idea, but technology is there. Yeah. So anyway, Q4 this year for Bank Zero. I am very excited to find yeah. out what they're going to be offering because uh, I know these guys are going to come up with something good. Yes. So let's move along. And uh, Cell C, uh, Bloomberg did an interesting interview with Jose Dos Santos this week. Um, he's the CEO of Cell C saying that they're going to pursue acquisitions, um, which is quite an interesting turn, turn up for the box, given that uh, not long ago, CELC was on the verge of bankruptcy. Yeah. Um, so uh, in- interesting uh, development there. And uh, he, said, to, he told, said in the interview that um, they're looking at making acquisitions in the fiber space, as well as in financial services, possibly, insurance and possibly financial services, as well as content. Uh, now, um, we know about the content side of things because they recently launched Black and they've said mm, that they're going mm. to go after sports rights, including the potential streaming rights for the next Rugby World Cup. Um, in fact, I think Jose Dos Santos will have returned from Europe now after those discussions. It'll be interesting to follow up with him on, on how those uh, rights discussions oh, yeah. went. Um, but insurance, yeah, insurance is an interesting area um, that's uh, seen as a potential growth market for the mobile operators. Vodacom is, is, a, is playing big in the insurance market. Offering, I think, funeral benefits and and you know stuff like that uh, to and the mass market. It's it's a huge business. It's a massive business, and I, I never really understood why these companies go into these seemingly you know, of financial services. Why would a company? It, it doesn't make sense. But uh, clearly, that's where the money is, right? So well, they've got to keep growing, and uh, you know, they, I suppose they see the their core business slowing year after year, and they're mm. looking for add-on areas. And financial services seems to make sense for them. Um, it hasn't worked. In PESA, for example, if Vodacom did not work in South Africa for, mm-hmm. for, for various reasons. Um, but certainly insurance, from, from what I hear from, from the Vodacom guys, is doing, doing quite well for them. It's a growing business. And, uh, and you've got an existing base. I think that's also what these guys are playing on. You know, yeah. They've got massive subscriber or user databases yes. of people that they um, – it's business 101, I guess. Sell, sell service, add-on services to your existing clients. Cross-sell, yeah. yeah. Um, 
so yeah, that's the one area that he said he may be interested in buying. But the one that gra- grabbed my attention was DeSantis' comment that they made buy fiber to the home providers. Um, Cell C has been quite aggressive in the fiber to the home market, but only from an ISP perspective. Yeah. They haven't yeah. had their own infrastructure, so they offer. Uh, they started, I think, with Zumatel, and now they're, you know, they offer f- fiber broadband packages on a range of infrastructure mm-hmm. providers. Now, they do, he didn't specify in the interview whether they're looking at buying ISPs or whether they're looking at actually buying infrastructure providers. Uh, be interesting to 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 see which they're considering. Um, but uh, yeah, interesting that a mobile operator is looking to expand in the fiber to the home market. Yeah, I think they're realizing they have to. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we've speculated about the future of mobile telecommunication, telecommunications on the show many times. And the, wi- the wireless providers definitely need the, the infrastructure on the ground mm-hmm. for them to be financially viable in the future. Yeah. I mean, that is really the back halls is where it's going to be at, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's good to see, uh, I would like to see Celsius being more aggressive. Yeah. Uh, as a fiber customer of these, uh, I've been very happy with the service. Now, it's only an ISP, and it's only, as, I mean, I guess on fiber, you're going to mm. get your throughput regardless of who you're with. Mm. But, I mean, they've been good with support and stuff that I've had issues with. Yeah. I was, I on, I was, about I was also with them for a while. Uh, I, I ported out because I found a cheaper option that offered basically the same thing. But, um, yeah, when I was with them, I was quite happy. Mm. Mm, they're good. Um, but it, it's a cutthroat market. Um, you've got... Uh, You've got yeah. dozens of players in that space, and um, at the end of the day, I think most consumers make a decision based on price. And also, I, I think recommendation from people, people um, especially recommendation from people, I see a lot of, uh, in the local community groups on Facebook, people inquiring about fiber or complaining about the f- service provider. You know, there's, there's a few names that pop up quite regularly, mm. and it made, made me realize that, you know, yes, there's a lot of ISPs out there, but you need to do your research and make sure that the guys you sign up with have, you know, proper yeah. support, um, are actually willing to help the customer when it comes to, uh, down to mm. fixing the issues. And, and not every fiber provider offers the same sort of speeds. Um, so, you know, some of these really yeah. cheap packages, you're going to end up with a pretty contended shaped service. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, whereas uh, on others, which may actually be the same price, you end up with uh, a, yeah. a great experience. So, yeah, you've got to shop around and, and ask your friends and colleagues mm. and of their Especially experience. people in your neighborhood, because also I think it varies from neighborhood oh, to neighborhood, okay. definitely. Um, okay. I, I guess it's just because of how, you know, it's segmented in terms of mm. you know, who provides where and what. And I guess yeah. if, if you've got a lot of subscribers in a neighborhood, your focus will be much better on that neighborhood, I yeah. suppose. Yeah. So interesting that Cell C, which uh, was financially distressed until the Blue Label deal happened uh, last year, is now um, is now in a position where it can talk about acquisitions. Uh, it's certainly a turn up for the books. Yeah, um, but uh, we'll see what they do. At that point, I think we must take a break. We'll be back right after this. Honey, why can't I download any more series? Dad, my game just bombed. Daddy, I was speaking to Kevin, and my cord just cut out. With uncapped Vox Fiber to the home, reaching your cap is a thing of the past. You can have all your devices connected all the time. Get unlimited browsing, unlimited calling, and unlimited entertainment. Vox Fiber. Now uncapped. T's and C's apply. For more information, visit vox.co.za. Running a business keeps you on your toes. Wouldn't it be great if your internet connection could keep up? Introducing Business Class Fiber from Vox. It's super fast, reliable, and highly cost-effective. You get unlimited calls to all SA destinations, and it's scalable. So no matter the size of your business, you've still got room to grow. 
Get connected with business class fiber from Vox and see what super fast internet really means. For more information, visit vox.co.za. Welcome back to the show. How's it, Rechart? How's it, Duncan? So aren't you glad you didn't buy Bitcoin now? Um, yeah, I was actually, I installed Luna the other day. I actually wanted to buy some Bitcoin at the crashed price. Um, okay. I might be playing around. I might be okay. keeping my eye on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it, uh, it, but it's... But I'm glad I didn't. Fallen 50% in a month. It has bounced up again a bit, mm, but mm. Um, again, it underscores just how risky it is to, uh, to, to play in this, uh, in this market. I, I, ha- I haven't gotten in at any point, uh, although I was tempted, I must say, to do so around Christmas time when the price was sitting at about $18,000. And you're glad you didn't do that. Yeah. On Luna, it was sitting at about two hundred and forty or 250000 rand for a Bitcoin. Sure. And I thought about buying fractions of a Bitcoin and getting in, and I'm so glad I did it. <laughs> did you see the Reddit, the subreddit, where guys were talking about people losing everything because of no. this crash? It's horrific, and I mean, you know, Reddit. You know, you don't, you, you can't fool Reddit yeah. redditors, right? And most of these stories are legitimate. Um, I would recommend. It, it's actually quite heartbreaking, but uh, I would recommend Reddit. Bitcoin mm. lost everything. Sure, the entire subreddit of people That's, lost a lot of money. It's scary that that people are actually leveraging themselves in this way. People are. People you shouldn't be putting everything into something yeah, like this. People are borrowing money to buy Bitcoin. It's and this, these are the stories. Yeah. I mean, put your house up. You, if you put your house up against it, how are you going to pay back the yeah. bank if you lost everything? Yeah. I mean, there's no quick fix for money. And if you do it wisely, you can make lots of money off Bitcoin. But again, it, there's no You can also lose it all. Guarantee, yeah. yeah. And if you bought Bitcoin at nearly $20,000 in December, you're crying right now. Yeah, I know. Depending how much you bought, of course. And, um, you know, the advice from everyone, the, the advice from the experts has always been invest as much as you can afford to lose. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. And if you're mortgaging your house to buy Bitcoin, you're making a big mistake. Yeah, no, it should, you should never even go there. Yeah. And if you want to lesson in that, go read that Reddit sub <laughs> forums. I'm going to, yeah, it's crazy. Anyway, there was a really good video doing the rounds on WhatsApp this week um, with three ladies sitting around a desk. Uh, talking about uh, Bitcoin, one enthusing about it, the other one um, just swallowing it hook, line, and sinker, and the other one being highly skeptical. Mm-hmm. Now, it's a two-minute video clip. I'm going to play the audio of it because it's fantastic. Uh, it is fantastic. It is fantastic. Um, I could probably try and strip the audio out of WhatsApp and include it, put it into the podcast, but I think it's easier just to hold up my phone. I think to the play mic. it. It'll be good enough, and we'll put the link in the show notes. Oh, we'll, uh, we'll put a link. No, there's in no the link. There's oh, no isn't there? Is it just? No. Uh, I've only seen it on WhatsApp. Oh, okay. So it's not out there. I don't know. I don't know who did it or what the source is, but um, it's. It's really good. So have a listen to this. We know where I put my money. Where? Bitcoin. What's Bitcoin? Bitcoin is the first decentralized digital cryptocurrency that works without a central bank. Well, that sounds interesting. Yeah, and it's so simple to use. Transactions take place through the use of cryptography and are verified by network nodes and recorded in an immutable public distributed ledger called a blockchain. What could be simpler than that? (laughs) Nothing. It sounds great. Right. So, is it like investing in stocks? Kind of, but not at all. <laughs> well, I'm on board. Really? Because I have so many more questions. Not me. <laughs> Where can I get one of these bitcoins? Can I buy one at my local bank? Of course not. What a dumb question. I thought it was bad. <laughs> no, it was dumb. <laughs> bitcoins aren't like regular currency. They're mined. In a physical mine, like gold? That's ridiculous. Bitcoins are mined on computers using the SHA-256 hashing algorithm, creating 12.5 bitcoins per block. Uh-huh. That is until mid-2020. Uh-huh. And then afterwards, 6.25 bitcoins per block for four years until the next halving. Wait, are we still talking about money? Mm-hmm. Cryptocurrency. 
This sounds so simple. Shut up, Margaret. There's no way you understood all of that. Okay. So how much do one of these Bitcoins cost? $17,000. $17,000? That's insane. Sounds like a bargain. Ugh. And how do you keep track of these things' value? Just check the internet. So far today, its value has gone up $1,000. And now it's down $800. And now it's up $500. Sounds like you can't lose. <laughs> you absolutely can, Margaret. How do I buy Bitcoin? It's easy. Just go online and give them your credit card number. Give who your credit card number? Bitcoin. And then let the internet do what it does. What does it do exactly? It bitcoins. Here's my credit card. No! So who started Bitcoin? We think it was Satoshi Nakamoto. Who is that? No one really knows. He sounds cute. <laughs> Margaret, I swear to God. And Bitcoin is the only cryptocurrency I trust with my kid's college fund. That's smart investing. <laughs> That's bad crazy. Now it's down to $3. Easy come, easy go. <laughs> <laughs> this message brought to you by the stock market. Gamble with your retirement the old-fashioned way. <laughs> Wasn't that great? <laughs> that is fantastic. I love that clip. It's almost as good as that um, the two Ronnies clip with uh, oh, yes, the, Blackberry. the Blackberries. Yeah, yeah uh, Blackberry I love and the Apple. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, the Xbox. Xbox yes, the 360, Xbox. the two Ronnies. Yeah, if you haven't seen that video, go check it out on YouTube. I actually understand more now about Bitcoin than I ever have. Which is <laughs> 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 almost near zero, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, a great, great video. It's doing the rounds on WhatsApp. Apologies if you've already heard it before, but it, I, I thought it was worth sharing on the podcast. So um, yeah, uh, Bitcoin. I am, I am certainly not rushing into buying any, even at these levels. Um, I really don't know where it's going. Um, you know, if you listen to the libertarian economists, they'll tell you that, uh, you know, this is the buying opportunity. This thing's going to go wild. Um, I'm definitely going to, I'm, I'm going to keep an eye on it. And at some point I'm going to buy a few hundred rands worth, nothing major, just, just to say that I have some, um, you know, and then hope for the best. Hope for the best. Yes. Hope for the best. Because, <laughs> I mean, if it goes up from a low point, then you score a bit, right? Yeah. But uh, if it then goes further down, you know, you haven't lost too much. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, $11,800 as we're talking. So it's, it's come up, up nicely. I think it fell to about $9,100 uh, during the, sure, yeah, you can almost call yeah. it a flash crash earlier this week. <laughs> um, but it's still a long way off where it was. And all crypto money has, has come down significantly, whether it's Ethereum or mm, Ripple mm. or Monero or any of the other yeah, ones. Yeah, they all get affected. I mean, yeah. it's so yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, it unfortunately, um, even with the crash, it's. Uh, I suppose hopefully the situation will get a bit better now. But have you noticed it's impossible to buy a graphics card anymore in this town, especially? Um, the stock is just out. Um, I was looking at uh, the EveTech website. They're a, a online retailer of, uh, of of computer components. I think they're based in Centurion. And uh, you go down into the um, and it's it's not just EveTech. It's all of the the um, yeah yeah all of the suppliers. Um, I'm just on their website now, components, uh, graphics cards, uh, let's just click on the NVIDIA submenu. Now you go in here and um, have a look at what's available. There's nothing above a 1050 Ti, um, mm. which is yeah. a, quite a basic uh, graphics card. Uh, so 1060, 1070, 1070 Ti, 1080 and 1080 Ti all sold out, no stock at all across brands. Um, I would also imagine supply coming into the country would be limited because demand internationally, internationally would be is high. huge, yeah. massive for this. Yeah, and I suppose some of the stock is, is has sold down over December, but um, 
but uh, yeah, if you're a if you're a gamer and you want to buy a new graphics card, you're probably quite angry with the crypto miners right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not a good sign for that either. Yeah. and I mean that's not even going uh, talking about the environmental impact. There's been a lot of articles recently, yeah. um, you know, about you know power usage going up. Generally speaking, it's not not good. You know, we're all trying to cut down that type of thing. But you can imagine these these massive uh, Bitcoin farms, how much energy they must be consuming. Yeah. I mean, each of these cards... They and most of them are in China. Hungry. Most of them are in China, yeah. and they're yeah. using cheap hydroelectric power. So maybe it's not as damaging as... No, but they've also got lots of coal-fired power stations there as well. So. Yeah, I mean, and just to think of, you know, elsewhere in the world, how many home rigs there are. Yeah. People club money together by... Insane, I mean, there's people with money out there that buy insanely large rigs. Yeah. Um, so maybe someone's yeah. going to use Madupi after all. <laughs> <laughs> Forward thinking there. But the impact of um, of this demand for graphics cards for crypto mining is is quite remarkable. If you look at the Nvidia share price, uh, Nvidia is the biggest manufacturer of graphics cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, who the, who's the other one? It's AMD, right? AMD. Yeah. They make um, Radeon yeah, and Vega graphics cards. I think it is. Vega's their new high end. Uh, uh, graphics card. I, I don't really look at that space very closely, but um, uh, uh, Nvidia's uh, share price over the past 12 months has risen by 120%, and its market capitalization. Wait for this, uh, Rechard. <laughs> Nvidia's market capitalization is now just shy of IBM. Oh wow! <laughs> that is a scary thought. And that's that's risen just in the last. It's, the rise started, I'm just looking here at Google Finance, around May last year, it's just started going vertical. Um, Who would have thought graphics cards would become this thing? I mean, yeah. I, I can understand graphics cards in gaming context, you know, but using it for something like this, it's pretty yeah. interesting. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what, uh, you know, obviously these things are, are more, I would imagine, I mean, I don't they know. They can process I, a lot more. They can process more than an Intel chip can, I Yeah, suppose. and they can do more parallel processes because a mm. gaming processor normally has to, like, render all those textures on the fly, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's that capabilities that's, that's why they're so good. They just they can just do more per clock yes. cycle. yes. But yeah, um, you know, if this is the future of money, um, one does wonder whether it's being built on the right principles. Yeah. <laughs> hey, somebody's scoring out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe well, we should, the graphics cards come. Yeah, maybe we should be buying Nvidia stock instead of Bitcoin. You never know. Yeah. The problem is, you know, as soon as the crypto market dries up, assuming it does dry up, then Nvidia's share price is going to collapse. But there's so many different cryptocurrencies. I mean, mm. people are—they're bound to be, you know around for a little while yeah. you know, there's a lot of people investing it's not just one that we're relying on yeah oh, interesting but interesting times. times that's for sure that's for sure last item in news I wanted to chat about this week was um, the appointment of a new or the um, possible appointment of a new chief operating officer at the SABC and this would be to replace Laudi Motswaneng um, who uh, was the last person to fill this position on a permanent basis. You mean the last person to destroy the SABC? <laughs> and uh, the new person to take over is someone I actually know quite well, and that's Chris Murraling, yeah. uh, head of co- corporate affairs at MTN Group. Um, I've dealt with Chris quite extensively over the last couple of years uh, at MTN, um, particularly around uh, ver- around various issues, including the Turk Cell lawsuit against the group and, uh, of course, the big fine up in Nigeria. And um, I've always been very impressed with Chris and his um, professionalism. And uh, he's a down-to-earth guy. Um, and and uh, he's, he's got a lot of experience in the broadcasting sector. I think, um, I, I think he hates people raising it all the time, but he... 
uh, of course, of course, the um, famous "Don't Touch Me on My Studio" mm. interviewer <laughs> from uh, ENCA when he had a bit of an altercation on air with someone from the AWB. I forget the guy's name. <laughs> um, and I don't think he'll ever live it down. But like Nklantla Nene can never live down falling off the chair in the... Yeah, uh, no, the internet made him famous without yes, a doubt. Indeed, indeed. Um, but uh, I think po- positive development, someone who has a mm-hmm. master's mm-hmm. degree. Uh, so remember, Claudi Motswening didn't even have him a trick. Um, and uh, he, uh, he he almost wallowed in the fact that he didn't have a matric, um, mm. and he'd caused un- untold damage to the SABC. And here, here is a much smarter, more switched-on, more educated guy. Who's and who's been in the industry. Yeah. yeah. He knows both sides of the camera, at least. Yeah. So the SABC board, the new SABC board, which is a credible board, um, clearly deciding that this is the person they're going to want to appoint. Now, immediately the minister of... Communications, Mama Loko Kubangubani, put out a statement saying, "Hey, hold up here! You, you, you have this person hasn't been appointed. I haven't had a chance to present this to Jacob Zuma and get his get you know the cabinet approval and all the rest of it." Uh, as uh, various uh, journalists and lawyers quickly pointed out, um, actually the SABC, in terms of a judgment that was handed down last year, doesn't have to do that. Mm. They simply have to consult. Uh, so, um, and they did consult. I presume so. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so, um, you know, I, th- I think that um, you know, Zuma doesn't want someone independently minded like Chris Marleng to be running the SABC. And uh, if it was his decision, or it appears the minister's decision, um, then it wouldn't happen. Um, but as we both know, the politics in this country took a rather dramatic turn in December mm. when we mm. had the appointment of Cyril Ramaphosa as the new ANC president and uh, we're already seeing a lot of things happening behind the scenes that are quite positive. Um, so, I, you know, if I was a betting man, I would say that uh, Chris Marilang is going to be the new SABC CEO and I think oh, yeah. it's a very good thing. No, I'm very excited. I mean, the SABC... It's got the potential to do so many good things. There's so much potential there, and they could be doing so much stuff on the digital side. I mean, obviously, they have to sort out this DTT migration yes. mess, yeah. uh, and that um, uh, you know will be exercising Chris Morling's mind quite a lot in the yeah. early days. Um, but there's a lot of potential there to develop BBC iPlayer type services. Um, the SABC is still the watch, most watched television platform in South Africa. Um, I mean, we watch a lot, of, a lot of streaming services and Netflix, and we probably don't consume much SABC content, but the vast majority of the South African market, it's a huge platform. Mm. And uh, there's, there's an opportunity there as mobile streaming grows, as data prices come down, to develop apps, yeah. SABC apps mm. that allow you to stream content from their archive, from their yes. live channels, yes. uh, and, and to get um, you know, SABC programming on demand. So you, know, you want to catch up on your soap operas or you want to yeah. catch the, yeah. um, a repeat of the 8 p.m. news or whatever it is. Um, so there's a lot of opportunity to do that sort of thing, and um, I've no doubt they're thinking about that. But, um, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of opportunity there for the right person to, to turn around. Oh, definitely. And, mm. the, and, and I mean, it's been stunted for so long. The SABC now needs to just stretch its legs and arms and grow the yeah. way it needs to grow, add more channels if it can or if it sees a need to, you know, and just, uh, I guess, bring, you know, become the BBC that we need, mm. you know, and grow the industry of young actors and cinematographers and editors and sportcasters. I mean, there's a thriving industry waiting to happen. You know, it's got massive impact. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, how it's funded as well is also another major issue that needs to be resolved because oh, sure. people don't pay their TV license fees anymore. 
Because, yeah, because it's failed. I mean, it's failed yeah. us. A lot of people I know personally have stopped paying their, paying their license fees because of Claudio Motswaneng. They looked at the one, look at this guy and said, I am not giving my money to this organization. Yeah. Um, he's running it into the ground. It's become a mouthpiece of the ruling party. It's been a, become the mouthpiece of, the, of a faction of the ruling party. Uh, and I'm sorry, I'm not prepared to pay for this anymore. And people have just stopped paying. Yeah, yeah no, it's a massive thing. I get SMSs all the time. I've, I'm trying to cancel mine, but... Yeah, affidavit sent through to say I don't own an ATV with a tuner and Good all luck those with things. That. Yeah, it's, <laughs> so I get it's reminded regularly. What did the eagle say? You can check in, but you can never leave. <laughs> Anytime you like, <laughs> you but can, you can, you never, can never leave. leave yeah. It's a bit like You're that with the SABC. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Pay exactly. that license fee once and they'll It's kind of, it's, it's also a problem because one day he's going to come, I'm going to want to buy a new TV, you know, yeah. or a TV at least. I'm only using a computer monitor at the moment. Mm. Um, then I'm going to, then I'm like, then I'm going to have to have one. Yeah, yeah. But I might just look for a second-hand one. You circumvent the whole freaking licensing requirement. It's, it's quite actually silly. It's yeah, actually it's, silly. It is quite hard to uh, get a, a large monitor without a TV tuner inside it. Yeah, a large one. I don't have large monitor, but if when I'm going to... I mean, if you want to buy a big 60-inch or 70-inch UHD a panel for your lounge, I wouldn't call it a TV, a panel mm-hmm. for your lounge... You, you, it's almost impossible to get one that hasn't got a TV tuner built yes, into it. Yes. I would buy one without a TV tuner, to be honest. I mean, I yeah. don't use analog TV services. Yeah, I, th- I guess the, the brands just, the, there's probably not enough demand for them. I don't know. I mean, for now. Maybe. I mean, how many people would? Yeah. I would definitely I agree with you. I would definitely do it. Mm. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting debate and they need to resolve the funding issue. Does, you know, does it, does it have to be entirely commercially funded? Mm. Um, does it get an annual grant from taxpayers? Um, or do we keep the license fee? Um, I mean, if you look at the, the, the amount the British pay for the BBC as, as a TV license fee, it's huge. I think they pay something like 150 or 160 pounds a year, uh, if not more. Mm. And we're talking about 3,000 rand a year. Yeah, Our license fee is 265 rand a year. Yeah. Um, and I think some people struggle to pay that um, at the bottom end of the market. Uh, but but compliance with payment with non-payment non-payment of TV licenses, I think, is sitting at something like sixty percent mm. of the market. Um, so it's, no, a it's, like, it's a bit like it's e-tolls. It, it, it's failed. And again, it's a catch twenty two because you, I, I know people will pay the license if they if if they can trust the SABC and and kind of you know mm. happy with the, the general direction and the management the content all this kind of mm. stuff but it's going to take a while to get to that not, you know we still, it still kind of needs to rebuild if it's going to do all these cool digital things it's going to take time to re-implement this yeah um, but yeah it's just mean, to keep at it I think yeah, you know, yeah. win the trust back of the nation it can do it I hardly ever watch the SABC I, work, I think the only SABC I really have exposure to is a, an occasional switch over on DSTV to Mm. To SABC News Channel Four Hundred Four, um, just because they're you know they're, they're, uh, sometimes their content is actually better than the ri- the rivals. I don't obviously don't watch ANN Seven, <laughs> but um, sometimes the SABC has something that's more interesting than yeah, ENCA. Yeah. So I'll I'll watch that, but I don't watch any of the terrestrial free to air channels. Yeah. Um, but I I I would be I would not I mean I pay my TV license, but I would not feel. Uh, like it's a grudge purchase if I felt that I was that that the news I was getting from the SABC was impartial good quality in, uh, uh, balanced uh, yes. which yes. It, I don't feel it has been in in in, in recent I think it's improved a lot 
especially since Laurie Motswaneng left. And I think the journalists there, they've got some great journalists at the oh, SABC. Yeah. Well, and I think, I think that even with Cloudy there, they did some very good coverage. But um, they were under a lot of pressure. And uh, mm. I, I think that was reflected in their coverage. But I've certainly seen an improvement in the quality of the SABC news coverage over the last of the last year or so, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Now, if we can only also sort out the radio stations, let's talk more music or, you know, a better variety or better balance. Yes. I don't know. Which I SABC radio stations do you listen mm, to? I don't really listen to them. Five. Um, five, five FM I tune into often. But I, I, th- I really think I'm, I'm getting old now and really at, I'm so, so far out of the classic. demographic. You're moving <laughs> to classic. <laughs> yeah, 702 and classic talk radio. No, I enjoy it. I enjoy talk radio. Um, but... It, yeah, it just doesn't seem like... Again, they could do a lot of interesting innovation in the radio space, mm. you know. Yeah. And I think get, in my opinion, better DJs on there. When they talk about stuff, I cringe when I hear some of the comments that these guys make. Mm. You know, just talking about general on-air stuff, but they either get it completely wrong or they just, they just, they just don't come across as knowing much about what they're talking about, <laughs> if, if that makes sense. Yeah. Radio, radio in this country is, um, uh, I hate to say it, but radio in this country is pretty poor. Yeah. Um, I was down on the Garden Route, as you know, a couple of weeks ago, and I just I couldn't listen to the radio down there. Um, here in Johannesburg, I rely on um, what talk radio, 702, mm-hmm. for information and news. But uh, uh, for music, I, I listen to independent stations, um, uh, Mix FM yes. out of Midrand, yes. uh, plays great rock music, yes. uh, especially in the evenings. Uh, but their, their, their whole lineup is pretty good. And yeah, yeah. Um, Hot 91.9, which is a new station. These are community stations um, which have kind of filled a gap uh, that the uh, big commercial broadcasters um, uh, have, have, have kind of left behind. I think 5FM in the old days used to focus on rock. Yeah, I, yeah. I can't listen to that music they play anymore. Um, and uh, the same and is it's true. It's not even a balance of good. Like a radio station should be there to introduce you to new music, right? Or introduce you to the, the thing that you're listening to. If you're tuning to a, a morning breakfast show, you know, it, you need to, you want to tune in because you're getting other music or, mm. or audio that's, that's, uh, that works with the, the time of day, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, we just, we just don't have, we just don't have uh, the talent in South Africa. Well, well there is no great radio stations. There are great stations and there is the talent, but. Uh, uh, I don't know. I think um, maybe it's just got to do with licensing. I mean, Capital Radio wanted to come back on the air. I grew up listening to Capital Radio. I, I don't Durban. remember that at all. You don't remember Capital Radio? I suppose you're a, you, if you're maybe it's slightly before my time. It's, if you grew up in Durban, you'd know it. Um, you could pick it up here in Joburg in the evenings. I think even during the daytime sometimes. But Capital Radio six hundred four was uh, was independent radio in in KZN mm-hmm. and, and the Eastern and the Trans Sky as it was then. Um, they started out of Port St. John's. They later moved to um, to Durban. It was like a pirate radio station. In a way, it almost, <laughs> it, 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 it almost was. They brought in a lot of DJs from the UK. They had some. They nurtured a lot of talent here in South Africa. And a lot of the DJs that um, you hear mm. on other stations mm. in Gauteng today and that sort of thing learnt their, the tools of the trade at Capital Radio. Um, I think they broadcast out of a house in Port St. John's, and it was... Fantastic. There's, there's some great backstories there. Uh, in fact, there's a podcast um, of Capital Radio 604, and you can go back and listen to some of the shows from then, from nice. guys like Kevin Savage, and I, like oh, Kevin, I forget yeah. all the yeah. names, but um, uh, Jeremy Mansfield got his uh, start there. Oh, they all from there? Yeah, yeah okay. they all came from Capital Radio. But the, the, these stations you were talking about, Mix and, and Hot, you know, they also have, uh, and I was going to say earlier, I mean, they, they have a lot of the DJs that I grew up with. Yeah. So again, they bring their listeners with them, yeah. you know, because yeah. they also have, they address a certain market. That's true. Um, and I would like to know from the young people, from young people, if 
the DJs on the radio is ex- it has kind of that same influence on them as what I remember DJs had on yeah. them. I remember when I was uh, when when I was uh, uh, in high school and and even when I was a, a journalism student, I used to listen religiously uh, to Full Right on 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 Five FM, mm. just because I loved his style of music. He played a lot of heavy rock and metal yes, and that yes, sort of thing. Yes. And I was really and he had into a great that. voice. Um, yeah, he had a great Very voice. Deep, like, great, great, know. great uh, voice for radio. Um, and uh, he, oh, he'd sadly passed away a few years ago, but um, yeah, it's it's true. Uh, radio, it's kind of. Maybe it's just because we've gotten older, but uh, but it doesn't feel like radio has the same character that it used to. Yeah, if that's the thing, the character. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you still get good music, new good music. You still get the old music still there. Mm. Um, but I think the radio the radio stations have lost focus of what's important. You know, it's mm. chasing advertisers and. But they also just seem to play the most mind-numbing music, and and I suppose it may, it's not perhaps it's not their fault. Perhaps the music industry has just gone down the toilet. Um, but I think as a radio station, you know, it's the, the the person that curated music, the guy that the the station manager and the person I can't remember what it, that name is, but the person that manages the playlists. I mean, that is a very important job. They need yeah. to be incredibly knowledgeable because they stay driving the direction of the station. Yes. If you have, I mean, again, maybe we are too old for the type of music, but yeah. I mean, you get great pop, you get great hip hop today, you get great South African music, but I never hear any of that stuff on radio. And maybe I'm just tuning in the wrong time, but when I tune in yeah. every time, there's nothing good, unless you go to the other stations like mm. Mix and. Yeah, the community stations. And Mix is doing great stuff for rock music. I mean, uh, I think we're getting a bit off topic here. but Very off topic. But, <laughs> very off topic. But uh, Leon Economides um, has uh, done a fantastic job with, uh, uh, I think it's called the, I forget what it's called, the Rock Fest or something on Mix. Oh, yes. Uh, he's got a show on there. He's X5FM. He used to work with Full Right, and uh, they play fantastic rock music on a Friday night. Um, so there, mm. is, there is an outlet there if you're looking for stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's not on mainstream anymore. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. And I, and you know, I should be using tuning radio more to get access to these because I find that the coverage faded in and out of some of yeah. these community stations. Um, yeah, because their their footprint is very small. Uh, but yeah, you're right. Especially mixed because I don't think you can pick it up pretty much south of Santon too yeah, strongly. Yeah. Um, I, I'm lucky out this side; I can pick up signal those signals quite strongly. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, but we definitely need new. I mean, I love the the old DJs, and and that's why I enjoy listening to them when I tune into to terrestrial FM radio. But you know, I'm not seeing new talent. I'm not seeing yeah. new DJs coming in, yeah, and blowing everybody's mind. I mean, I remember Titch Mataz back in the day, and and Mark Mark Gilman was my favorite. I mean, when he, when Mark he Gilman. Came, Mark Gilman. I don't know the name. When he not came Mark on, Mark No, no, Gilman. Gilman. Gilman in the mornings. When he came on in the morning, I mean, he changed radio for me because okay. he was. The, uh, um, you know, he was this fresh voice that did crazy things on the radio. Yes, yes. Anyway, we digress. We digress. But um, the, I suppose the other point is that uh, you've, we've got streaming services now and we've got mm. TuneIn. If you want to listen to a prog rock station out of Austin, Texas, you can. You can do that, yeah. Um, or you want to, you know, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts in the car. Um, just, you know, a lot of talk podcasts, not much music actually. But... No. Uh, you know, time's limited, and um, need to cram as much as possible into this old head. Exactly, <laughs> and the music, the music, the, the the music on demand comes out when you really want to listen to the music, because you know what you're going to get. Yeah, um, and they do a pretty good job of curating music to you. So if you want to discover, yeah, I think we're just getting spoiled with all the outlets. Where before we had one channel that we listened to religiously, mm-hmm. and that music station um, dictated to us really mm. the stuff that we started liking or what we fell in love with. Yeah.
Yeah, well, it's, it's almost like newspapers in a way. The the radio station would determine what the market liked, um, or what. Maybe I phrased that correctly, but um, certainly the newspaper set the agenda in terms of the news. Because mm, an editor mm, and a sub-editor and a copy exactly. taster has looked at all of this and decided, well, this is the front page lead. This is the most important story of the day. Almost on the radio, uh, you listen to a particular DJ or to a station, and the DJ would determine this is mm. what's cool at the moment. What you need to know and what you need to listen to. Yeah, exactly. And now, in the world of streaming, in the world of social media, uh, it's difficult to get that sort of focus and that mm. sort of direction from someone to say, yeah, hey, have you heard this? Yeah, exactly. Um, and also because a lot of these services, like iTunes is a great music service, but a lot of the recommendations, I don't know how strong the local recommendations are because, I, I mean, I see a few local playlists, but there doesn't seem to be, you know, they do they do very, they in very international playlists yeah, as well. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. apart from the playlists that cover the focus on South African stuff, I guess there's, there's more lo- localized curation required. Yes, I know some for Africa did a great job. They yes. they still do nice local playlists that's mm. just random all the time with some good local music. And Spotify is um, oh, said yes. to be about to launch here, and uh, I know they were advertising a um, local content curation curation oh, post. So. That must be a nice job. Um, yeah, well, it's, I think it's still being advertised. If you want to, <laughs> no, I'm under, I'm a I'm a music snob and I love it. But yeah, that's, yeah. that's a lot of that's a lot of responsibility. Yes, yes. I wouldn't want to taint so many minds with. Wrong music choices. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and there's certain categories of It'll music. It'll be very I, heavy, heavy music. Yeah, certain categories of music I just couldn't listen to, so I don't think that would, job would do me any good. <laughs> what is this garbage? I can't listen to this. Ban it off Spotify immediately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't imagine you as a pop or a hip-hop fan. No. Much. No. Okay. Rock and roll. All the way. All Rock school. or die. Exactly. Anyway, that was a rather eclectic um, bit of news coverage. Uh, let's move on to our uh, regular features. Uh, our winner this week is Jeff Bezos, uh, yeah. just because he's so damn rich. Uh, he wins again. <laughs> Amazon's share price just keeps going up and up and up. He's now by far the richest man in the world. I think his market his market cap, his uh, personal wealth in Amazon stock went over 110 billion US dollars uh, the other day. Um, of course, he's giving a billion of dollars of that away every year into this um, space initiative of his to compete with uh, Elon Musk. I think it's called Blue Origin. Mm. Uh, but a very successful, very rich man. And, um, you know, he started off selling books out of his garage. It's so. crazy. I wonder if he's got Bitcoin. Do you think he's got a few Bitcoin? Do you think he just downloaded the app one night and bought like 20 Bitcoin just to say he's got it to his friends? Probably. (laughs) I'm sure he did. (laughs) Probably. Um, And uh, some analysts are saying, I mean, Amazon share price is currently sitting on about $1,300. I saw some analysts saying this morning that it could top $2,000 in the not-too-distant future. Mm. And that would place Mr. Bezos' personal wealth at close on $200 billion. Sure. Um, He is the richest man in the world. Our loser this week is Ruben Mortler Locha. He is the, um, was the uh, um, chairman designate of ICASA. Um, mm. But the Hawks put out a statement earlier this week saying that he has been found, uh, he's been convicted of fraud related to um, uh, goings on at the Land Bank about six years ago. Uh, and uh, the DA put out a statement this morning saying that he is now not eligible to be chairman of ICASA or even mm. a councillor at ICASA because um, uh, because the ICASA Act specifically prohibits um, someone who's been convicted for these crimes from taking up that role. So uh, I, I spoke briefly to um, Ruben Mochlelorja this morning about it, and he said uh, he didn't comment. He just said, I will comment or issue a statement on Monday. 
Um, but uh, at the face of it, it's uh, certainly not good news uh, for him, uh, who had been clearly hoping to become the chairman of ICASA on a permanent basis. Um, and uh, if uh, that reading of the ICASA Act is correct, um, it would appear that um, President Zuma would be in breach of the law if he appointed him as the new ICASA chairman. So I don't see it's, I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. So uh, Ruben Mohla Locha is our um, loser of the week. What's your pick this week, Richard? So, you know, I, I actually racked my brain because um, I don't have a good Android pick this week. I recently switched over to Android trying to, I, I want to force myself to use the platform for a while, you know, move away from iTunes, uh, Apple, um, you know, just to get out of the mindset. You're I'm climbing out of the walled garden. <laughs> yeah, climbing out of the walled garden, exactly. Um, and I've been toying with a few apps, uh, you know, to obviously make the process easier and to play with a few things. But I came across this website earlier this week and I had to share it Family Guy Yourself now the name should say it all if you're a fan of Family Guy series and I'm a huge fan of Seth MacFarlane's Family Guy I must uh, say I've never seen it what the show the show you are missing out on life my friend so basically, <laughs> family, it up, yeah. family Guy. That's that's the intro tune. Um, family Guy yourself is basically a, a website where you can just make a family, uh, make yourself a Family Guy character. Okay. So you've got you know the head, the torso, clothes, glasses, beard, chin. It's just a fun little app, and you can have a new uh, profile picture. But I'm picking it because I absolutely love Family Guy, and it's very cool. All right, looks like fun. I'll have Which, to watch the show if you recommend it. I'm uh, it is wickedly funny and naughty and adult humor all the way. It's okay. beautiful. Oh, yeah. I'll try now. I'm, I'm quite enjoying a lot of flashbacks. Uh, quite enjoying Rick, Rick and Morty that you recommend. Oh, Rick and Morty is also fantastic. Um, um, most of the way to the end of season one, it's it's gotten a bit slow towards the end of season yeah, one. Yeah, there are episodes where it where it kind of falls off a little mm. bit, and you, yeah. Yeah. You, it's not the kind of thing you normally binge. You know, I'll watch a few episodes, but you don't watch don't binge a season at a time. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Yeah. Catch an episode and enjoy it. And yeah. Speaking of TV, I finally caught that Showmax original, um, Tali's Wedding Diary. Oh, yeah. Have you seen it? No, I haven't seen oh, yeah. it. It's good. I, 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 I've been kind of putting off watching it. And then I read Gus Silber, you know, Gus Silber, yes, yes. wrote a review of it. And he, he was quite positive. It was a very good review. I'm a huge fan of what she's done, so, uh, you know, what so, Zell DIY, the character. So Zell DIY, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same. Julia Anastopoulos, I think yes. her name is. Um, so uh, my wife and I decided to give it a go, and we ended up binge watching the whole thing in two sessions. Um, very funny. No, I'm sure mm, I'm it's very good. It's very good. No, I would definitely want to watch it. Um, like it's a mockumentary. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I'm a fan of, of of what she's doing and how she kind of mm. put Zelda One on the map as a character, and you know, yeah. I've been following it from that angle quite. So I'm I'm quite keen. I just haven't uh, renewed my Showmax subscription. Okay, um, I must actually do it, but. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, no, it's um, it's a good show. It's it's uh, I want I just hated the character though that she created, um, and it's deliberate. You may not meant to yeah, like no, her. She's course, a horrible, horrible woman. But it's a Grinch factor, and you want to yeah. watch more because yeah. what's she going to do next? What's she going to do next? Yeah, but uh, if I ever met her in the street, I'd probably run screaming. <laughs> <laughs> you won't recognize her when she's in the street. No. All the makeup. I mean, yeah. she looks the same, but you know, she doesn't look. She's very good at yes. being becoming that character. Indeed, it's fantastic. Jewish Kugel. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, um, she's Greek, I presume, with the surname Anastopoulos, but uh, but she she plays a Joburg Jewish cool to a T. Yeah, and her husband also plays a very good boyki role 
is yes. he like a yes. like a, yes. a buiki, which is fantastic. Yes. Yeah, he plays it quite well. Yeah, he does. He does. So uh, if you have Showmax and you haven't watched that yet, do so. It's um, it's it's worth it. It's a short twenty minute episode, so it's easy to consume as nice, well. Nice, nice. My pick this week is actually a launch I went to yesterday. A bit of an odd, odd um, product to pick, but um, it's actually quite cool if you've got kids. It's uh, made by a company called TCL, a big Chinese company uh, that uh, makes now makes BlackBerry phones, Alcatel phones, yep. and uh, TCL phones. Um, and uh, they've launched a watch in the South African market, retail price around 2600 uh, It's called the MoveTime Family Watch MT30. Um, and it's uh, running a customized version of Android. It's got a Qualcomm processor. It takes a th- uh, supports 2G and 3G, mm. um, but it's, it's aimed at um, parents who want to uh, make sure their kids are safe. Uh, so it's quite clever, and it's got an SOS button on the side that you can press, set up the number that you want to dial. Some quite that button. Yeah, it's got a SIM, and it takes a nano SIM. Uh, two day up to two day battery life, so it probably means you have to charge it every day. But you can send voice notes with it. You can um, mm. make phone calls, send text messages. Uh, and um, uh, it, it supports geofencing. So yeah. um, if you're one of your parents or both your parents have the app on their phone, um, you can set up a geofence on your phone for your kid. And if the kid moves out of that geofence, so mm. let's say it's the school grounds and the route home from school within a few blocks perhaps, uh, and if, if they stray out of that zone, then the, the parent will get alerted. Mm. Um, so it's quite a cool little device, actually. Um, it's it's got comes with, with funky pink and blue uh, straps, um, and uh, it's got a customizable watch faces and a nice bright color screen. Um, it's a little pricey for what it is, but um, it does have a GPS built into it for the geofencing support. Nice. Uh, and um, I was impressed. Uh, you know, if I had a kid, I'd probably strap one of these on them. No, definitely. <laughs> Keep I actually hand. played with this device. It was. The, uh, so this device is actually an Al- Alcatel originally branded something like this, which they, is exactly the same thing. There were previous models. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. okay, this might, I'm sure it's an upgrade. Um, but it worked fantastic. I mean, the application worked really well. The geofencing worked superbly. Mm. You know? um, yeah, I'm, I would get this for my kid without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll get one for my dog. Yeah, but, yeah, but I was just going to say, put it in your pet, <laughs> yes. um, and then you can track them wherever they are. As yeah. well. And it's got a SIM card, which is fantastic. Yes, y- indeed, indeed. Um, so you can make phone calls with it. It's got a little microphone on it. Yeah, and no, I mean, it's very cool the way that you can interact. I mean, you can also from the app send voice notes to the kid and then the kid can reply. And so yes. it's, it's, it's very cool the way it works. Yes. And you can check weather and there's one or two other little fun things you can do with um, with the actual operating system on there. You know, yeah, like it's got some a little, applications. I think it's got little games. And yeah, yeah. Like mm. it's, it's, it's a really good product, surprisingly. And I wondered because I, I played with it end of last year Kind of, it kind of was available and then tapered off, and then I found out that they were rebranding it, and this is obviously this was the result oh, of okay. of that. Okay, but yeah, definitely a good pick. I would but get it. TCL is quite an interesting company. They, uh, I did a bit of research on them, um, mainly because I didn't really know them very well. But um, clearly, they're growing quickly, and they're involved in aircons and and VR goggles and air conditioners and you name it. They're involved in it. Um, and I don't really know them that well, but you know, I keep I keep hearing the TCL name more and more, and um, they took over the brand license for BlackBerry last year. So they're making the BlackBerry phones. Oh, wow, okay. And the Alcatel phones, of course, as well. And um, so they're, they're a big company, 60,000 employees worldwide. I think they're headquartered in Shenzhen. But their start mm. in life was very interesting. Um, they uh, started in 1981 ma- manufacturing knockoff TDK cassettes called TTK. 
and TDK sued the crap out of them, uh, and um, and they won, and so they were forced to. They lost that case, and then they slowly broadened and grew. But they started off making Reverse knockoff t- engineering. I love that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean that's what the Chinese specialized stuff. in back in those yeah, days. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they were making basically making fake TDK cassette tapes. So it's it's often interesting to find out how a company got its start. <laughs> yeah, I know that's fantastic. But yeah, this is one to, and apparently they're quite big in America for TVs. TVs yeah. Yes, they um, uh, they partnered with Ellen uh, DeGeneres. Uh, oh, on her TV that'll show. do it. Yeah, um, you get a TV, you get a TV, everybody yes, gets a TV. Exactly, exactly. Check under their seat. Yes. Um, so uh, all the housewives and whoever else it is watching that watches that show. Oh, we've got to get a TV TCL. <laughs> Off we go. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, yeah, um, that's our show, I think. Um, Apart from our quiz, let me do the first question. Former F&B executives Michael Yordan and Yatin Nasai are behind a new digital-only bank. What is the bank called? And for a bonus point, when will it be launched? And that's Bank Zero and the fourth quarter of 2018. I would love to say our bank with Bank Zero. Bank Zero. Get a nice cool black or titanium card or something. Yeah, Yeah, digital card. Give me that digital card, guys. The second question, Chinese consumer electronics company TCL is ramping up its focus on, in South Africa. Name two of the company's smartphone brands. Um, and the answer there is Alcatel, BlackBerry, and TCL. Third question, which tech-savvy individual was fired this week as finance MMC in the city of Johannesburg by Mayor Herman Mashaba? And that is Rabalani Degada. The fourth question, who looks set to be appointed as the new chief operating officer at the SABC? And the answer there is Chris Marilling. And our last question in the quiz this week, who is now definitively the richest man in the world, according to Bloomberg? And uh, that is, of course, Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos. And that's our show. As always, if you've got any feedback, we'd love to hear from you. Our email address is info at techcentral.co.za. Until next time, from Rechard and myself, cheers. Ciao, ciao.